Welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here, you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. What's up, plant-centered listeners? My name is Ashley, and today we have a very special guest on the show. You may know him as John Lewis or the Badass Vegan. So he is going to share with us just so much about his journey, his new cookbook that's coming out, his documentary, and so much more. So to give you a little bit of background on John, in case you're not familiar with him, at a young age of 13, John found himself at 315 pounds, but through hard work and dedication, he lost weight and excelled in football and basketball. He continued his streak of athletic excellence throughout his high school and college years with a full-ride scholarship to Harris-Stowe State College. Graduating with a bachelor's degree in marketing, he later went on to pursue his MBA from Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. John's education in business, coupled with his love for health and fitness, gave him the ability to start his venture, Badass Vegan, a health and nutrition company that strives to educate individuals on plant-based nutrition. John's love for his community brought forth the brainchild of, quote, Vegan Smart, a plant-based protein shake company with a foundation whose mission is to prevent obesity through education, physical activity, and plant-based nutrition. As a well-rounded fitness expert, John Lewis has spent over two decades in the health and fitness industry and played Division I college basketball. John is highly passionate about not only his own health and fitness, but that of others as well. And he goes on to share his story and how that's evolved over time, which is really beautiful. This is evident through his motivational messages, either through his international public speaking engagements or simply through his social media outlets. Today, John has taken his passion for health and is now directing his first feature-length documentary focused on food and social justice. John has teamed up with the maker of the award-winning film, What the Health, to create their joint venture, They're Trying to Kill Us, which John goes in to tell us about. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Badass Vegan, John Lewis. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, we are excited. And I'm not going to waste any time, John. I'm going to jump right in because we have a lot of questions for you because I know a lot of people want to know about your cookbook, about what you're working on right now. But before we get into all of those great details, I'd love for you to kind of just give us a background for those of us who don't know your story about how the idea of going vegan sort of started for you. Oh, man, that's interesting. I always said I wanted to be vegetarian slash vegan growing up but you know peer pressure you just you never do it and i was in grad school in in south florida i was having a couple complications with my stomach uh ibs just to put it out there and i went to the doctor at the university there and he had suggested maybe i cut out meat he didn't say anything about dairy he just said cut out meat and i was like i'm like you see how big and strong i am you know like the classic no ego answer like look at me i can't do this and he's like just try for 30 days and i had a uh, frat brother of mine passed away on halloween day uh 2004 and right then i was just kind of like you know as an ode to him and to better take care of myself 
let's try this thing out. And I was kind of mad because within the 15, it was supposed to be 30 days. And within 15 days, I felt amazing. And I wasn't even vegan yet. I was just vegetarian. And I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. Yeah. So I did that for about a year and a half, almost two years. And my mother, uh, right at the end of my graduate program, she had developed colon cancer. And then talking to a, a separate doctor, learn, you know, I was like, how did this happen? What's going on? You know, we always want to blame somebody else. Like, who did this to her? What's going on? And he was like, you know, too much animal protein, fried fatty foods, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? This is not hereditary? And he's like, no. And I didn't go vegan immediately. But the more and more research I did, that's when I started seeing like, wait a minute, this isn't just cancer, but heart disease and all these other ailments. I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm a big believer in learning from my mistakes, but I'm a bigger believer in, in learning from other people's mistakes. So if I see you try to run through that wall behind you and you don't make it, I'm not going to be like, hey, let me show you how to get through this wall. I'm like, hey, you know what? It's a door over here. <laughs> we can walk through this door and boom. So that's I tried it. Um, It wasn't the start of company. It wasn't the start of movement. It literally was just for my health. And then the more and more I was in the movement, I started to learn about, you know, the ecosystem, the animals, humans' health, as well as the community surrounding these certain areas. And it was like, wow, like this is deeper than what I thought. Mm-hmm. And been vegan, been vegan since, since 2006. That's amazing. So it sounds like, okay, there's a couple of things here. First of all, you yeah. heard about meat sort of having an impact on your digestive issues, on your mom's colon cancer in a short period of time before going plant-based or vegan was even like cool or anything like that, before we yeah. were really even talking about way, it. Way before it was cool. I, You know, like it's funny, I say people, you know, people thought I was weird back then. And I go, you know, they still think I'm weird, but at the same <laughs> time, it's just not as bad. Like yeah. friends that I've known and family that I've known forever, it's so funny because they're like, man, you really had something. You were on to something back then. Like they're starting to see it. I've had some family members, you know, transition as time went on, uh, friends that have transitioned as time has gone on. But it's so funny. Yeah. Back then it was definitely not cool. Yeah. That's why I kind of, Kind of came up with the name Badass Vegan. I was like, you know what? I need some kind of hard hitting to like create like awareness to it and and show people that you can still be cool. You can still go out to eat. You can still go to concerts. You can still travel. You can do all these things and still be vegan and conscious of what you spend your money on and what you support. Yep. So it sounds like your journey started for health reasons. This doctor suggested, you know, you had IBS and he's like, well, try cutting out meat for 30 days. But after 15, it sounds like you're like, oh, maybe there's something to this. Yeah. But it it sounds like your reasoning or your purpose has really evolved over time too. Like it started for health reasons, but it sounds like it's gone way deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really believe that it's for, it's for the health of the planet as a whole, you know, like literally for the health of the planet as a whole from you know, and I, and I get this. It's funny because I do get people that say, well, oh, you know, vegan's not perfect. And I'm like, I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not. I've never been that vegan. That's like, we're perfect. We have no flaws. We still got a lot to work on, but, but there is less suffering this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, especially intentional suffering, like we have scientifically proven that no animal has to suffer for us to survive. At that point, it's just ego. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I just, I'm not in the ego space anymore. And people are always like, well, what if the doctor told you that you had to eat meat? I was like, well, I I wouldn't do it. 
Like I physically, I couldn't do it anymore. Like yeah. I couldn't. When, and I was a butcher. That's the crazy part. I was a butcher at one point. Right. So I still can't even look at meat and like, uh, I get so disgusted by it. Now I'm, I'm never on anybody else's plate. I'm never like, what are you eating? That's not me. I'm not that guy. But for me to actually have a thought of biting into actual meat, it just, it disgusts me for me. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And I appreciate that about you. And even in your book, you kind of touch on this a little bit is like, you kind of went in the beginning from kind of being in people's faces about going vegan, going plant-based, but that's really evolved over time too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I, so I have a good friend. He's he's still not vegan, but he's more conscious because of me. And uh, I used to be that guy. I was, I, I was the angry vegan. I was the guy that like, wait a minute, I just found this new religion and I got to tell everybody about this religion. And if you're not a part of this religion, you're going to vegan hell. So you just, just get ready. So, mm-hmm. And he he just reached out to me one day. He was like, yeah, bro, you know, you know you, you're not really helping people. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm trying to help the people. I'm telling them what not to eat and this and that. He goes, well, you're not helping them because nobody's listening. And, I'm, and that mm-hmm. like, it was like a dagger, like right to the heart. And I'm like, oh man, he got a point. Like I couldn't even argue with him at that point. I was like, huh. So I took a step back. And of course I still do more comedic stuff, but, and even before he told me that I've never been one to demean anybody. I was just way more aggressive. Now I'm just more like lighthearted, playful, and I'll crack jokes. And it's so funny. People are always like, you're always trying to push your agenda. I'm like, I never go to anybody else's page. You're on my page telling me what not to do. The funniest quote I always tell people is that, isn't it ironic that you're on my page telling me to let others live while you're telling me not to live? Like, do do, do, do you get what you're saying? Like, they don't get that part, though. So, but yeah, I just had to take a step back and say, if somebody was talking to me that way, I probably wouldn't respond too well. Now, I know they're... And I also believe this, too. I believe that the movement, as far as any movement, I don't care what it is. I think the movement has different lanes and we're all going down the same highway, but we have different lanes and people are attracted to the different lanes. Like there are animal activists that are that are showing you what's going on in the farms and showing you what's going on in the slaughterhouses and in these camps and all this stuff. And that's that's great for them. I'd never knock them. That's just not for me. Mm-hmm. What I've what I found is hitting people. And if you notice in a lot of my wordage, I use the words us and we. I'm always like, we can do better. I was there where you were. Like, I'm not acting like I'm above you. I'm saying, hey, I was there. But look what we can do now. Yeah. And and I, you know, I get people that, you know, I get comments every now and then like, oh, I hate coming to your page, but I know you're helping me. Like, I just had that yesterday on a post. It's like, ah, you keep deterring me from meat, but I keep coming back. (laughs) So I know it's working. So yeah, that is, it was aggressive. Now it's like kind of like comedic and, and just having fun. I, I believe you can talk about serious topics and still have fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like one thing that you highlighted, I keep, I call your cookbook a book. I feel like it's a great hybrid of both because there's just so much stuff in there. But one thing yeah. that you said that stuck out to me is that you, you definitely listen a lot more to people as well. And you recognize that, Hey, I once wasn't there too. You know, you kind of had to come to that decision on your own terms as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mother was a, I don't know if you uh, ever heard of the group Toastmasters. I've heard of them, but oh, I, yeah. Yes. So my mother was a Toastmaster. She was like a champion. Like she had all these trophies and Toastmasters. 
she used to make me practice speeches at five years old in the living room. So like, so when people are like, oh, you don't get nervous in front of crowds. I'm like, look, man, I've shot an air ball in the stadium full of thousands of people. And I spoke in front of my mom. Those two <laughs> things combined, like <laughs> you can't, you can't get over that. So, but the thing that she taught me was to actively listen. Too many people, they listen just so they can say their next thought, not so they can hear what you say and then actually respond to what you said. And, and that's why I say a lot of times, a lot of movements are lacking, not just the vegan movement. A lot of movements are lacking because somebody may say, hey, I want to go vegan because of my health. And then somebody that's vegan will come right behind that and say, do you know what they do to the animals? And they're like, wait a minute, you just missed a great opportunity to dive home on the subject matter that means the most to them. Yeah. So you have to listen to that. Now, if somebody says, you know, I hate what we do to animals. Oh, man, let me tell you about this and this documentary and this and that. You go down that avenue or if somebody says the ecosystem. Somebody says what it does to these certain communities. You have to listen to what they say. And then it'll open up because the funniest thing for me is that I always I used to hear people say it a lot, not as much anymore, but like, if you don't go for animal reasons, you'll change from being vegan. I'm like, I didn't go for animal reasons. Right. And I learned over time the other aspects. Because at the end of the day, and excuse, this is going to be my one F-bomb here, animals don't give a fuck why you don't eat them, as long as you're not eating them. They, they're not like, wait, you didn't go vegan because of me? Oh, you're nothing. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, please don't eat us. I don't care what your reason is. We appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. 100%. I guess one thing that we can really appreciate about you and your social media presence is you are incredibly honest, you're forthright. And I feel like it's always refreshing for a lot of people to visit your page because we can expect that from you. You know, you're not it's not like we can't figure out what you're trying to say. I feel like you're very articulate and you say what's on your mind. So you mentioned it with your, with your mom, you know, being a Toastmaster and everything, but have you always been that way kind of where you don't really care what people say or does that, has that evolved yeah. over time? Yeah, actually it's so funny because I, I thought I was a good kid. I really did. And then, so my mother just passed away in July and like, we've been cleaning up the house and been finding like referrals of mine from like school and like <laughs> oh <laughs> so like one of the referrals was John had a piece of candy in class so I told him no candy in class and John replied this is a cough drop which I actually reading the referral it all flashed back in front of my face and I remember him saying that and he was like well you didn't ask me for permission to have a cough drop and I, my response was I didn't ask you to breathe either, but here we are. Like, <laughs> this is in school. This is like junior high. <laughs> and like, I just always, my mother was always like, if something's not right, speak upon it. Now, you know, mm -hmm. my mother, my mother picked cotton as a kid. You know what I'm saying? So I always think if somebody wouldn't have spoke back then, who knows how the world would still be today. People have yeah. to speak up. If you see something wrong, speak upon it. And I also believe just because somebody is bringing awareness to something that's bad doesn't mean they're a negative person. Mm. It's like, how are we going to actually fix problems if we keep trying to sweep them under the rug? Because if you keep sweeping stuff under the rug, eventually it's going to form a mound and eventually you're going to trip over that mound because there's so much under the rug now. Yeah. So you have to talk about it. You can't just ignore your problems. Or the worst part is people that have never been in that situation as the person 
telling them to ignore that. Yep. You you don't yeah like I've been obese before, so I speak about obesity because I've been there before. You know what I'm saying? Like when people that have never been in that situation are downing obese people, and I still don't down obese people. I just talk about there are some dangers. Here's what to look out for. And sometimes people still think it's like shaming, but I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just telling you what I went through, how I yeah. felt, and medical things. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I've always been that way. Now, not with my mom, because I knew better, but everybody <laughs> else, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think with you talking about, you know, your history and how you were over 300 pounds at one point at a young age too, even today, you're really transparent about body dysmorphia and how you're kind of continuing to navigate that as well. Is there anything specifically that you feel like maybe even for someone listening who is also struggling with that, that has sort of helped you sort of navigate the fitness space and just kind of trying to appreciate your body for what it is, what it can do. I I believe that. And I'm still on a journey at 45. I am still on a journey. And I always say this, that it's okay to question. It's okay to look at yourself and be like, I'm not happy with where I'm at, but I'm happy with myself. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a very hard line to to walk on is be like, I'm not happy where I'm at, but I'm happy with myself. And I also know that if I apply myself, I can change whatever is I feel is wrong with me. You know what I'm saying? And I, it, I still, I'm, I've been, I got a marathon Sunday in Jamaica and I've been training for it for three months. My body fat is probably the lowest it's been and I don't know how long. And I'm still looking in the mirror like, oh, my God, I have to do this and I have to do that because I always see that that obese child. And, you know, especially like when my brother's cleaning up my mom's house and I keep getting pictures sent to me and I'm like, oh, there he is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot about you. Yeah, cool. But I I believe that there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like people say don't become too obsessed with, you know, with this, this, and that. And I'm like, if improving yourself is obsession, by all means do that. Because at the end of the day, when you fall off, nobody's going to be there to pick you up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be the one to pick yourself up and you have to be your biggest cheerleader at the end of the day. And um, the, the last and final thing I have to say about that is I believe that we've been negated since children about self-love. Because people don't understand that self-love is the way to actually cure the world. If more people love themselves, they wouldn't treat other people like crap. Yeah. But yeah. we have so many. And it's well, I, I just learned something within this last year. And it's basically like uh, what they call I can't think of the name of it right now. But it's basically like just to show that they meditate and just to show that they're working on themselves. But at the end of the day, they're not doing it. They're just doing it because it's cool. It's popular. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they call it a self-help porn or something like that. Like, you know, like it's really just, they're just showing it off, but they're not doing it themselves. They're not working on themselves and they're not trying to be good people. And you see so many toxic people, literally, they'll post a great meme about like, love, I love you all. And the next meme, F this person and fuck that person. And you're like, wait, you just said, hold on. Like, yeah, so... That self-love, I think, is very important. And the self-love goes just so far. Even if you have kids, like, it's okay to love yourself first because yeah. you can't do anything for these kids if you're not right. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we've been taught wrong on so many things, but definitely on that. 
Yeah. Where it's like selfish to invest in yourself, to love yourself, but you're right. That is so important. And there would be so much less hate in the world if we truly loved ourselves and took time to invest in ourselves. Yeah. And and if you really love yourself, you don't have time for other people's shit. (laughs) No. (laughs) Negative comments, all the shit that goes on. Heck no. No. Hey, yep. You see how many negative comments I get. I'm just like, hey, oh, yeah. thank you for coming by. I love you so much. <laughs> yes. And that pisses them off even worse. They're like, they're like, I, I can't get to this guy. They're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. keep coming. It's all yep, good. Yep. Hey, it's engagement. <laughs> we'll take it. it yeah, it's, yeah. You're helping my algorithm. I appreciate right? it. Yeah. I just had one to yesterday. Well, I made the post yesterday, but he commented today. And it was a post about, I put up five pieces of steak. And it was like cooked in different ranges. And I was like, okay, out of all of these pieces of beef, which one is grass fed? And I was like, you know what? You can't tell. Neither can your digestive system. And I talk about the dangers of eating meat. And I said where I got the quotation from that I talked about. And he's like, uh, you need to post links. Otherwise, you're just talking and you're trying to like, I was like, well, I told you where I got it from. One, two, links don't work on Instagram. Mm-mm. Three, if your lazy ass just went to Google and typed in the name of the place yep. where I got it from, ta-da, like it's right there for you. <laughs> and I just, you know, I commented back to him. I said, uh, unfortunately, links don't work on Instagram, but thank you so much for coming and have a great day. And I, I gave him Aww. like the heart eyes emoji. Boom. Like, and I know that pissed him off, but I was like, cool. I'm going about my day now. Yep. So uh, yeah, that self-love is big, man. Yeah. Did comments like that used to affect you or kind of bring you down or have you always kind of just been able to kind of brush them off your shoulder? Yeah, I think I've always been able to just, I, it's for me, it was like the engagement. Oh, okay. Let's debate. I love debating. Let's go. And now I'm not, I don't even debate as much anymore. Um, A good friend of mine just posted on his page, there's this trick, there's this hack where people use curling irons to make the cork come out of a bottle if you don't have a wine opener. Oh. A bottle. Yeah. Hmm. But my thing is like, in my head, though, I'm like, that's kind of dangerous putting heat on a glass bottle. Yeah. Like, yeah. Doesn't sound like the smartest move. So I commented because I know him personally. I said, I said, this sounds like if I was like, if it's that deep, this sounds like an alcoholic. Like if you just, if you can't wait till the next day till you get a bottle over, there, I just feel like that's an alcoholic. But I'm 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 playing with him. Oh my god, he's not vegan. So like all the people are like, oh, here comes the vegan and this and that. I'm like, oh, oh god, here we go. Somebody's <laughs> yeah. like, that is such a uh, low vibrations for you to say. I'm like, well, actually, it's been clinically proven that alcohol is actually low vibrations. But cool, if I want if you want to make me the bad guy. I'll be the bad guy. Sure. And people just kept going and coming. And I finally said, hey, I said, it's funny that you all jumped up on me, but I was actually joking with him. And we talked through DM on the back end. I was like, hey, bro, if you want me to delete that, let me know. He's like, nah, leave it. Forget it. <laughs> I like, okay, I'll leave it. And I'm like, y'all are going in and y'all say that vegans are like the aggressive ones and this and that. I'm like, I made one comment to a friend, but probably because my name is vegan. Mm-hmm. They don't think that we were friends either. Yep. He's not vegan. They thought I probably was trolling him. And so I haven't had any comments since I said that him and I know each other and whatever. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I love it. I loved I I love the engagement. And my thing is, if I made you mad, then that means you got mad at something internally. Mm. Yeah. Because excuse me, like I said, I'm never demeaning. I've never called anybody out their name. 
I'm not the one else they're saying fur hag and this and that. I don't even call people stupid. I don't even do that. Like I believe in like words of affirmation. I believe in words of like speaking people up, but I am going to call out bullshit. <laughs> so you can't get mad at me for calling that out. And I think that's great too. And I, I wonder if part of that just stems from like your own self-love and self-confidence in yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Uh, possibly. I, I honestly yeah. don't know where it comes from, but I'm glad I got it. Yep. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, I want to transition over to some listener questions and then we'll talk about okay. your documentary and your book. So first question is, where did your handle come from? Or how did the idea of that, you kind of touched on it just a little bit, but if you have like a quick story for it. It's, it's so many actually. So one of the crazy ones is that my mom called me badass my whole life because she I was a little badass kid. But how I got kind of got the handle like down was I was part of P90X. If anybody wants to go laugh at the commercials and the infomercials, you'll see me on that. That's how I got into the fitness industry. And I was like, you know what? I want to do my own thing. I don't want to compete with Beachbody, but I think I can do my own thing. And I was reading a comment on one of my posts. Um, like I, my post from back then, like had 750,000 views. It was kind of crazy. Like yeah. I had this whole thing going on, on on YouTube and he was like, man, you're one badass vegan. And I was like, huh, I kind of got a ring to it. I was like, I'm going to stick that in the folder and wait. And then uh, when it was time to like actually think of a name, that was the first name that popped in my head. I went to GoDaddy. Shout out to GoDaddy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it was and it was available. Now, mind you, this was 2010, so it's 12 wow. years ago, and it was available. So I was like, badassvegan.com. Boom! I registered the name, I trademarked the name, I just did everything. But like I said, I didn't go vegan to start a business. But I was like, well, if I'm doing all this all day, every day, I might as well do what I love. And then that's how it, that's how it all came about. Yeah, beautiful, love it. So, is yeah. there anyone in the vegan plant based space that? Like, uh, this is another question kind of inspires you or someone that you sort of look up to or that you just get along with really well. First of all, everybody I get I, like, I don't, well, I take it back. I don't get along with everybody, but you'll never really see that. Like, I, I'm not one of those people out there. Like I'm going to bash somebody else. Like I see that a lot. Like I'm not bashing anybody. Even when I make like funny posts about people's food choices, I still don't even bash the person that's doing it. But I would have to say in the movement, everybody that was part of my documentary, which I know you said we'll talk about that too, they have a special place in my heart because um, they, they donated their time, you know, and I appreciate that. But I, I got to say, I got to say Tori, uh, me and Tori have just been like aces, best friends since day one. It's just like, we just clicked and it was like, you know what, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing, but you know what, we can rise together and help more people the more we stick together. Yeah. And so I, I would have to say Tori. Um, yeah. John Sally's another one because John Sally's my mentor. Got to give a shout out to him. Um, and 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 this is I don't want to say in an order, but Tori probably because the longest I've known him the longest. And uh, Rich Roll is actually a real good uh, friend. He's always been like, if I need advice, he's there for me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, don't want, don't want to forget Styles P. Styles P has helped out a lot. You know he just. With everything. So much love to everybody. I can keep going. I'm sure. So yeah, yeah. Those people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maya, I love you too, Maya. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> it's funny. John Sally actually introduced me. I heard him on a podcast many, many years ago, introduced me to V Dog, a vegan dog food brand. And oh, yeah. I've been using it ever since. So thanks to him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. So another question is what is your favorite exercise and least favorite exercise in the gym? People know you're an avid gym goer. So I least favorite off the top is burpees. I don't care what kind of way, if you go down the slow way to the knees, then out, I don't care. I just hate burpees. I, I've never been one of those ones like, hey, let's do burpees. And I did CrossFit <laughs> for four years. And I was like, every time I saw burpee on the list, I'd be like, oh, why? <laughs> I hate burpees. Favorite movement, I, which has to be a love-hate relationship, actually, it has to be squats. Because I, I think at my age and everything my knees have been through, the fact that I can still do them just impresses me. I always say, I have the strength of the Hulk, but I have the knees of Bambi. So like, (laughs) (laughs) I've had surgery on both knees and like, you know, it just, for some reason, I I, I don't go as heavy as I used to, but I can still get under the bar and I can still do it when I need to. So, and and squats also are like been known to be the most complete uh, movement that you can do because it requires your whole body to, Mm -hmm. to get under that bar, push it up and you work in pretty much. Uh, more muscle groups than any other movement. Yeah. Which, how has that been training for the marathon coming up and kind of managing that and, you know, maintaining your muscle mass in the gym as well? It was a, it was an interesting thing because the last half marathon I ran was about 11 years ago and I'm actually faster now. My times are faster now, which is crazy. I weigh more, but I'm faster, but I also have, you know, having rich role as a good friend, and and having that kind of like knowledge base, um, even Dom's Thompson, you know, having him as a friend and, you know, him being a triathlete and all the things he's done, I can take note from what they've done. And I'm more concentrated on how my foot strikes the ground. Am I pulling my knees up as I run? Am I standing upright instead of leaning forward and cutting off my circulation? Am I breathing? Am I Am I in tune with everything that's going on? Am I pounding my knees instead of just lightly landing and keep on going and got this flow. So it's been very interesting and I'm, I'm eating way more. <laughs> like I, I ran 10 miles last Saturday and it was like, I was just starving afterwards. And I still went to go do legs after I, I did that. Wow. So I've been training like crazy while still doing this. Yeah. Cause I just want to show that like this, you can do this. Cause I believe that yes, a lot of it's for me, but a lot is for I can show people these examples that yes, you can do this too. I'm nobody special. Really walking the walk and showcasing that this can be done yeah. at any age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the whole yeah. idea. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's transition into the documentary. Um, okay. would, you mind, would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about your documentary, which is called They're Trying to Kill Us? Yes. So the documentary is about food justice and social justice through the lens of hip hop. Um, if anybody's seen the documentary, What the Health or Cowspiracy, my co-director made those. And then we teamed up to make the follow up film to What the Health. Um, we are shopping it around still at this moment. So I get I literally get at least two emails or DMs a day. Where can I get the film? And I'm like, yep. hey, believe me, it's not me. I'm still working on it. Like if it was me to push the button, it would have been up already. But um, it's just a it's just a process. We actually just had a meeting yesterday about it. And there's most likely going to be a name change just because I guess the networks are like, they're trying to kill us. Oh, man, it's a horror flick. Uh, I have over 90 interviews, like I said before. Uh, Stick from Dead Press, Styles P, John Sally, Maya, Billie Eilish and Chris Paul are my ex- 
executive producers. They're in the film as well. It's and like I said, a, a huge major shout out and a lot of love to those people because they didn't have to do it, you know. It, but they 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 donated their time to spread this message of of love and health and it should okay. be coming soon. Do you have any plans to do any more filmmaking? It I do. I okay. do. Me, uh, Keegan and I, I, I have vowed to not work with anybody but Keegan, though, just because we are. And that's why I didn't I was going to say I didn't want to say his name when you said anybody that because him and I have such a brotherhood now, like we like we both lost our moms making this film. We mm. both. we I mean, people tried to bankrupt the film. We There was so much going on behind the scenes. People didn't know about that. Yeah. We bonded. I mean. When you're riding around the country in a Prius, I'm 6'6". Six, six. So <laughs> when it's just you two in a Prius, you get to bond really well. I bet. We knew, the, we knew the world was against us. And so I, I, I can't even express how much love there is between us. Like we talk damn near every day if we don't talk through Texas, actual phone. I'm not a big wow. FaceTime person. We FaceTime all the time. You know, even when the when the lockdown happened, you know, we could have stopped. Mm-hmm. We actually edited the film together through Zoom, you know, wow. saying like, it's so we kept going. So we, I've literally talked to this guy every day for like the last six years. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So we, we can't wait to, we can't wait to unleash it to the world. <laughs> well, we will all be on the lookout for that. That's for sure. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Would you mind telling us a little bit about Vegan Street Fair for next year and like what people Ooh. can expect Ooh, if you're able that's... to touch on that? Oh, yeah. That's going to be crazy. So, uh Jessica who runs Vegan Street Fair. I've been friend we've been friends man. I probably about as long as Tori and I around a 10-year mark, like a long time. And she reached out to me and she was like, because I've been hosting a lot lately. And she was like, uh, what if you hosted Vegan Street Fair? And in my head, I hadn't I didn't know about the nine locations she was doing. I was just thinking about LA. I'm like, oh, for sure. If you need me, I'm there. Let's go. And she goes, yeah, these nine cities are going to be amazing. And I was like, wait, nine cities? And I'm like, oh, whoa, let's go there. So, like, we're doing, uh, I'm, I can't remember all nine. So it's L.A., Chicago, New York, Austin, Texas, Atlanta, Miami, uh, Seattle. Ah, there's two more in there somewhere. But there's nine locations that we're doing. And I got to give it up to Jess for, like, She's she's created a, an amazing, massive event, but she's also helping so many people like she might be the cheapest vendor uh, booth you can get for these companies, especially she's bringing in like 30,000 people. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like there's diff- there's different uh, events you go to where there might be a couple hundred maybe a thousand and the booth rent is like twenty five hundred. Like yes. hopefully, you know. <laughs> So you're talking 30,000 people and the booth rent is a thousand dollars. What? Like, wow. like that's crazy. Yeah. So, so it's an amazing event and her events are always free, you know, for attendees. They don't have to pay anything. They just show up. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, I think Oakland is another city. Okay. That's eight. Yeah, there's, there's one more in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I'll probably figure it out tomorrow. Tomorrow and be like, hey, hey, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And we'll we'll include all those links in the show notes or we'll include yeah. information about Vegan Street Fair that way in case you want to check it out in 2023. You can. Yes. So yeah. And if you've ever been to an event I host, you know I am the loudest, most active, 
Yeah, it's so funny because people are like, man, what school do you go to? And I'm like, ha, I'm 45, man. I'm just oh. up there acting crazy. Like, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, we'll be able to find you if we come there, basically. Okay. Well, let's transition into your book. I definitely want to break down the title first because it's beautiful. So not only is it Badass Vegan on the front, but it's also Fuel Your Body, Fuck the System, and Live Your <laughs> Life Right. So can you explain yes. that for us? Well, you know, that's what, those are like the three pillars of mine. When I went through the whole journey was just a wake up call. And then I found out that there's, there's actually this active system that is making trillions off of the backs of people dying off of the food that they know is poisonous. And it's like, once you get to that point where you're loving yourself enough to break these addictions, because I always say the government messes up on a lot of things. The one thing they got right is when they called it the FDA, because food is a drug. And it's the most addictive thing you put in your body. And once you break that addiction and you love yourself enough to do that, Man, you start to live your life in a whole nother aspect to where the tiniest things don't bother you no more. The the way you eat, you, you wake up without certain headaches. You go to sleep better. You, there's so many things that we have been living in chaos for so long that we that is normal to us. And normal doesn't always mean right. And it's just it's just amazing to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Well, I think the the title is, or the subtitle, I guess, is thank beautiful. You. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I was just saying, I had to make sure fuck the system was in there. Like, believe me, I kept going back and forth with the publisher. Like, I was like, well, what if we put F and then an asterisk and then CK? They were like, well, we could try, but it might get flagged with marketing and advertising. I'm like, okay. And I was like, ooh, what about PH? <laughs> asterisk CK. They're like, let's try it. And it came back. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, this nice. is great. Like, <laughs> yes. Because in essence, the book really isn't a cookbook. It's more of a how-to guide of how to fuck the system. <laughs> yep. But at the end, I'm going to give you like some tutorials on how to fuck the system with your food. So that's what it's really about. Yeah. And I feel like that's what makes your cookbook different is when I was reading, I was like, wow, this is kind of like a book. Like there's just so much information in there to help people really understand not just how to go plant-based, but one thing that I liked, really loved, John, that you put this in there is how to stay plant-based or stay vegan, which sometimes a lot of people miss the mark on that. Yeah. Because we, you know, we're so adamant on like how to get them there. And it's like, okay, I got you here. I got to go to the next person. I'm out. And so my biggest thing was, and that was a big thing, what I said when I even talked to uh, Avery about this was that I, I want to talk about how to stay vegan because a lot of people, they don't prepare you for when you go to your uncle's house and they're barbecuing and you're getting this peer pressure. And even if they're not giving you peer pressure, the smell that hit you before you went vegan is hitting you. So there's so many aspects out there um, that can trigger you that you have to be prepared for. And I believe that was a big thing. Even with the documentary, that was another thing, too. I said, we got to be solution-based. When Keegan and I teamed up for this, I was like, we got to be solution-based. That's a big thing. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Because like you said, there's a lot of even health professionals who kind of miss the mark there. And like, it's easy to transition, easy around, quotes Mm -hmm. around easy, but staying vegan, like you said, can be really challenging when you're out in the real world. Yeah. Everybody goes to the gym the first day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like, who's going to come back to the gym? Like, Like, oh, it hurt a little bit today. Oh man, I made it 24 hours with no meat, no dairy. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if I could do that again. Like people act like they're literally dying. Like you're like, no, that's, true. that's mental. 
And if you get over these hurdles, then you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that you mentioned a little bit ago is there, not in the interview, but elsewhere, you said something about like, there are very few New York Times bestsellers that mention the word vegan and Mm -hmm. you aren't scared of that word. So do you think the world that we are ready for this? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I definitely believe that we are ready for this because the support will be there by vegans. I would think that. But I also think that especially like, you know, Black Americans is the largest growing demographic for veganism right now. One thing about veganism is that people are tired of seeing their loved ones pass away. Like, and I and I don't mean their 90-year-old grandmother or things like that. I mean their 45-year-old cousin and their 40-year-old sister or brother. They start to realize that it comes down to the food. You know, when you got people dying of heart attacks at 45, that's not normal. Well, mm-hmm. it is normal. Don't get me wrong. But that doesn't make it right. Yeah. So it's like, I think people are starting to see that. Like, wait, if I can change that, I don't have to go down the same path as them. Let me change my path and see if I can in- increase my chances. Because veganism is not a 100% fail-proof plan that you'll never get sick and this and that. But it increases your chances is greater than any other way of living a lifestyle. Yeah. I don't care how many people try to tell you to eat uh, testicles and uh, livers and all this other stuff. And there's been some evidence. I don't know if it's hundred percent sure, but one of the leaders in that got caught with like steroids and it's like, Oh, so you've been pumping this out to everybody about eat these animals, eat these parts, but you've been pumping steroids in the background. So there's no other pathway through history that you can find that has these kind of effects because veganism is not a new thing. The word veganism is a new thing. It got a new flashy title. It it got rebranded, as you can say. You know, it got rebranded. But plant-based living has been going on for eons. I'm not religious at all, but I don't knock religion. And if anybody wants to do research on that and see, go look up the religion of Jainism. Jainism is pretty much like the first plant-based religion, older than Christianity, older than Buddhism, And they believe in basically a karmic way of life, like treat the world how you want it to treat you back to the point. Traditionally, they would sweep the floor before they step because they didn't want to step on a bug. So it's been out forever. It's just been rebranded. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I appreciate you putting in the book as well, and is that you list the statistics for Americans in staggering statistics related to heart disease and stroke and cancer and all that. But then you also go into Black Americans and those statistics and how they are even more staggering. So I appreciate you covering that. Another thing you put in the book was you don't see a bunch of plant-based eaters or vegans in the hospitals as well. So that's- That used to be the title of of my speech, actually. When I traveled, I was- I was like, vegans are filling up the hospital. I'm like, you got to think about it. If it's this trillion dollar industry, trillion, TR, trillion dollar industry, and if vegans only make up 4% of the world, and 4%, I'm being very generous here. If we only make up 4% of the world, who is keeping them in business? Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 so interesting how people are like, oh, man, you're going to go vegan, you're going to get sick. I'm like, okay, well, what about all the other people that get sick? Like, you don't say anything about that. Right. Yep, absolutely. Well, John, I really appreciate you being here. I want to be respectful of your time as much as I could like keep asking you all these questions. I got, I got a couple minutes if you want to keep okay. going though. I got well, I got 
Okay. Well, I want to, I want to read a quote, actually, if you don't mind from your book, it's just a sentence that you put in and I just kind of want you to maybe extrapolate on it. But you said in your book, which again, I just really appreciate it comes out next month. We're airing this in February. So it comes out next month. So definitely be on the lookout for that. We have all the information down in the show notes so you can check it out. But one thing, John, that you said in there, and I wanted to pull it out and share it with the listener is you said, while this, this referring to transitioning to plant-based transitioning to vegan, while this may feel like a challenge, it might just be one of the easiest things you've ever done in your life. And so I would love for you to kind of just share more about that and what that means to you. Because I I think, again, pain is normal in the human life now. We're in so much pain that it's become so normal to us that if somebody presented to you something easy, you question it. It's almost like this is the way to look at it. When somebody's really, really nice to you and they have a really, really great heart, you kind of step back like, hey, what do you want, man? Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you being so nice? What's going on here? I look at veganism that same way. It's going to come in and gently massage you back to where you need to be and it's so nice that you're like wait a minute no wait it's got to be an agenda it's got to be something that's going on it's like no like it's not an agenda it's nothing else going on this is so great for you and it's surrounding family and friends and all these different aspects again is it perfect no it's not perfect but we can still improve but it's the most least impactful on your life in a negative way that you can literally change your life in 24 hours because your cells start reproducing right then. And I'm not saying whatever ailment you got is fixed immediately, but imagine if you keep doing that. I always tell people this way, you have to give it time as well because if you've been doing something, and I don't want to necessarily say wrong, but if you've been doing something a certain way for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, it's not going to take, two days to kill it. You know, people, oh, man, I'm going to be vegan for 48 hours, man. Nothing happened. It's like, uh, <laughs> you remember all the shit you put in your system? Yeah, we got to get all of that out. You know what I'm saying? So it takes some time, but it, it's it's the best thing ever. And it's so easy and gentle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's gentle, not just for yourself and your body, but it's a gentle thing to do for the environment, for the animals, for so many other reasons. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it falls back onto that, the same saying of learning to love yourself again. Mm. You know, once you learn to love yourself, you, you won't feed yourself certain things either. Yeah. You won't put certain things on your body, in your body, around your body. You start really being like, you know, I think a lot of people think cancel culture is this like toxic way. I think before it was called cancel culture, it was protecting your space. Mm. And then it got to the point where where everybody was like, well, you don't like what I do. I'm Xing you out. It's like, well, no, you might have some toxic ways that you need to take care of. So you can't just cancel everything. But when you start protecting your space, you start to love yourself and love those around you. And you just won't do certain things anymore. Yeah. Yep. That's so true. Well, I highly recommend checking out John's book. It really was not just a fabulous read, but there is, there are also just great recipes in there, a lot of great information. So I definitely got emotional at certain times. I definitely got empowered and wanted to like go out for a marathon myself. So yeah, a (laughs) lot of great things. So John, when when your book comes out, where are maybe the best places that people can find it? And John, you're going to have to share the date because it has totally slipped my mind. It's March 14th is the official date. Um, everywhere from Barnes and Noble to Amazon to your local bookstores, we're, we're doing a heavy, heavy, heavy push. I actually have to go record the, uh, 
the audio version pretty soon here. So I got to get ready for that. So get get ready to get annoyed by my voice even more. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a full blitz hopefully. So wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're doing everything we can to promote it. So all those links are in the show notes. So you can go check it out. You can um, pre-order it on Amazon, all those great things. So Mm -hmm. John, thank you again. If anyone wants to connect with you, um, what's the best place for them to do that? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I even have an Etsy. I got everything. I, I just put badass vegan on everything so nobody else would take it and use it for something bad. So I just did that. Uh, or you can email me at john at badassvegan.com as well. Perfect. All right. Yep. Type in badass vegan and a lot of things are going to come up where you can connect with John. So wonderful. John, thank you again for coming on and sharing your story and about all the things that you're doing as well. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And bye to everybody else. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.